The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to take a moment to welcome members of our military who are tuning in from remote locations today. Thank you for being with us again. In just a moment, actor and advocate Joe Pantoliano will be joining us to talk about the importance of looking at mental illness in the same way that we view liver, gallbladder, and heart disease. But before Mr. Pantoliano joins us, as is my custom each week, let me take a moment to tell you a little about his background. Joseph Peter Pantoliano was born in Hoboken, New Jersey, and spent his childhood in the rough-and-tumble public housing projects. He suffers from dyslexia, which made schoolwork difficult and also made him the target of regular bullying. The story goes that after seeing Joe's performance in a high school play, his stepfather encouraged him to pursue an acting career. Later, Joe moved to Manhattan, where he studied acting and waited tables until he landed his first major role in a touring production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Four years later, Joe moved to Los Angeles, where he worked as a character actor in television and theater. Then in 1983, he secured the part as the unforgettable killer pimp in Risky Business, opposite Tom Cruise. Since that time, Pantoliano has appeared in hundreds of productions and is known as one of the hardest working actors in film and television today. From his Emmy-winning role in The Sopranos to The Matrix, Goonies, The Fugitive, U.S. Marshals, Bound, and one of my favorite films, Memento, Pantoliano has embraced them all with passion and authenticity uh, that has earned him high praise from his fellow actors. Today, Mr. Pantoliano has taken on another important role, one which, unbeknownst to him, he has been auditioning for his entire life. In recent years, he was diagnosed with clinical depression, and since that diagnosis, he has been working to remove the stigma associated with ailments of the brain. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, Emmy Award-winning actor and humanitarian, Mr. Joseph Pantoliano. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I thought long and hard about how to start today's program, and in talking to my son, I realized that many of us might not realize how deep the stigma against mental illness goes. So I thought we'd open the show today by having you tell us about the contract waiver that you had to sign, which said that you'd be responsible for any production delays which resulted from your depression. Do I have that right? Yeah, once I was diagnosed, for me, to discover that What was going on inside of me wasn't my fault. I thought it was a result of character defects in myself. Um, So that when I found out that it was a medical condition that had treatment available, I wasn't stigmatized or shamed at all. I was relieved. And uh, during the course of my um, treatment, uh, when I... When anyone does a film, uh, you you getting cleared by the insurer to make sure that you're well enough to complete it. Yes, and that's how they make money. They're betting that you're going to be able to complete it. So when I got to the part where they asked what kind of medicine I was taking, uh, at that time I took 10 milligrams of uh, statin for high cholesterol because we have heart disease in our family and a baby aspirin, and now I was taking that same uh, dosage for an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. So when my lawyer called a couple of days later to say that they wouldn't insure me and that if I wanted to do the picture, I had to sign the waiver. As a result, 
if I had some kind of breakdown and I caused any stoppage or slowdown, it would be my responsibility financially. So I asked, well, why are they discriminating against my brain? I have a history of mental disease as much as I do heart disease. Why are they covering my heart and not my brain? And I started talking to a lot of my actor friends, most of which are high profile. And I was alarmed by what they had said, which were they, they just lied and said that they weren't on anything, taking anything. And uh, that really concerned me because the idea that you'd have to lie about a medical condition and well, if you if you had gallbladder, you'd say so. Um, if you had kidney stones, you'd say so. Um, why all this shame and in an emotional um, ailment that 90% of humanity goes through at one point in their life? And, uh, you know, since I started No Kidding Me Too and we made the film, um, even since I wrote my last book, Asylum, I've come to believe that that we as a culture don't teach preventative medicine for um, emotional distress. Uh, I was listening to the uh, commercials while, while I was waiting to hear from you, and they were talking about legalizing marijuana and how all of the states are taking up on this. And, you know, it's like everybody waits for somebody to get sick, and then they say, oh, you got this or you got that. And I think that if we taught our kids in kindergarten about how to be happy, to teach kids the art of happiness, the craft of that, um, what you need to do in order to regulate your emotional soul as you would your teeth, like a, an emotional hygiene, um, so that when a kid gets sick, let's say, you know, mo most of the kids that I interviewed in No Kidding Me Too talked about being in the third grade, around eight years old. When that happens, if you tell these kids in kindergarten that this is this is caused by anxiety, it's caused by um, uh, uh, being humiliated, it, 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 it's a uh, it's uh, it feels like this. You can feel it in your chest, and everybody feels that way. And the best thing to do is to talk about it openly with one another, help each other through it. Then, when a kid was diagnosed with some kind of ailment, and these kids don't feel like they're strange or or half with me. When I was a kid, was in the second grade, there was no such thing as dyslexia. I was born in 1951. You know, I was either lazy, um, stupid, or crazy. Right. We we and, and we on. but but that that continues to persist today. We still wonder why people don't just get their act together and snap out of it. Study harder, yeah. and you'll get over the dyslexia. <laughs> I mean, really, we we have these biases, and as you point out, we don't have those biases against cholesterol. We don't have those biases against you've got a weak liver, a weak heart. Mm -hmm. uh, but but we do seem to have a bias uh, in terms of associating. Uh, any kind of brain disease with a weakness in character. Yes, and the only way to eliminate that thought pattern is to start with kids from the time that they're three years old because they're the ones that are going to change their parents' minds and their grandparents' minds. I think that is absolutely true. We, we have to give people permission at the youngest age 
to be able to speak up about it and to educate them that this is a physiological condition. Uh, if you feel sad, it's perfectly normal. But if you feel sad and you don't want to get out of bed and, and nothing is making you happy and that goes on and on and on, you need to talk to someone about it in the same way you would if you had a toothache. Uh, or yeah, if, if boo-boo. Yeah, know? exactly. And they may not have the language for it, but it's up to the adults to give them that language. Now, we have to take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the long history of depression and genius. You're listening to the Costa Report. Did you know that every day we create 2.5 quintillion bytes of data? and that 90% of the data in the world today has been created in the last two years alone? This data comes from everywhere and it affects everyone. This data is big data. Big data is all data, and it's more than simply a matter of size. Big data represents an opportunity to uncover new insights, make your business more agile, and answer questions that were previously beyond your reach. IBM's big data platform uses sophisticated technologies and patented advanced analytics designed to complement your existing information infrastructure. The IBM Big Data platform allows you to get started quickly today and expand to address more complex problems tomorrow. It doesn't matter where you start, it matters that you start. Find out how IBM can help you turn big data into a competitive advantage by visiting ibm.com slash big data today. If you listen to the news today, you might come away with the impression that our biggest challenges are political and economic. But if this were true, then countries which have different political and economic systems would be facing different problems. But they aren't. Every government and every nation is struggling with job creation, debt, immigration, climate change, terrorism, health care, energy, and wild swings in financial markets. So something else must be going on. That's why I'm inviting you to get a copy of The Watchman's Rattle, a book which shows how the Roman, Mayan, and Khmer empires once faced similar challenges and what we can do to avoid their fate. Visit RebeccaCosta.com today and get a copy of The Watchman's Rattle, because once you do, you'll never look at the world the same way. Have you ever watched a group of motorcycles roar on by and wonder, who are those guys? Where are they going? Well, now you can eavesdrop in on their biker world right here on KSCO 1080. A half hour of biker news, clues, and interviews with me, Biker Bob, and some of the motorcycling world's interesting celebrities. Biker Bob Radio on KSCO 1080. Don't miss Biker Bob Radio every Sunday at 3.30 right here on AM 1080 KSCO. Remember, that's Sunday at 3.30 on KSCO. Hi, this is John from Central Coast Diamond Fusion and Window Cleaning. For nearly a decade, we've been keeping glass and other surfaces looking great, easier to clean, and resistant to damage. Central Coast Diamond Fusion coatings protect shower doors from staining, reduces cleaning time, eliminates the need to use harmful cleaning chemicals, and leaves a diamond-like finish. Our coatings also keep bathroom tiles, kitchen granite countertops, sinks, and toilets looking new and easy to clean. Central Coast Diamond Fusion can also restore most water-damaged shower glass and windows at a fraction of the cost of replacing them, which our own technicians have done at Stanford University, the California Academy of Science in San Francisco, and Nike's World Campus. Central Coast Diamond Fusion and Window Cleaning, 831-475-6210 or visit www.diamondfusion.com for more information. Central Coast Diamond Fusion and Window Cleaning, 831-475-6210. No job, too small. Free estimates are available. Do we have more in common than divides us? Join me, Ruth Copland, for What's Left on Wednesdays from 2 till 4 with stimulating guest interviews and talk focused more on debate rather than one-sided conversations. We balance the intellectual with the arts. We discuss all kinds of issues from all kinds of angles. Join the conversation with me, Ruth Copland, on What's Left Wednesdays from 2 till 4. 
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is actor and advocate Mr. Joe Pantoliano. Throughout history, mental illnesses have been associated with many creative geniuses and great leaders. So we seem to have a double standard when it comes to illnesses associated with the brain. We have a tendency to romanticize these diseases when it comes to Marilyn Monroe, Abraham Lincoln, Ernest Hemingway, Van Gogh. Um, Why do you suppose we've made folklore out of this mental illness? Well, I I I don't think people know that. I don't, I don't think people understand the benefits of having ADHD, you know, that these are, these are gifts. If I, I only recently found out I had it because my kids were diagnosed with it. But if you read Daniel Amen's book, Delivered from Distraction, you find out that the, your brain style is, is more in tune with creative options. So... I don't see any of this stuff as learning deficits. I see them as learning differences. And if you listen to Sir Ken Robinson uh, talking about how education is being handed out, it hasn't changed since the Industrialized Revolution. Mm -hmm. So you say ADHD is a gift. How has it been a gift to you? Well, creatively, I think outside of the box, I, I, uh, I don't work by the book. I don't I couldn't learn the way they wanted me to work, learn in school. I I found uh, other ways. I learned how to read when I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Because I was never interested in it. Um, when I when I did that first play and people thought I had an aptitude and encouraged me to continue, you know, I remember my teachers coming to me Two of the most important teachers, you know, we're all very lucky. I was really lucky with the kind of mentors that came through my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, my English teacher, Donna Damiano, said, you know, if you want to do this, you need to know how to read. And once I realized that this was an asset that I had to have, I started finding books that I was interested in. And my history teacher, Mr. Frederick, gave me the first book I ever read was Soul on Ice by Eldridge Cleaver. And these were people I could relate to yes. and understand. Yes. What did I care where Washington landed the boat on the Delaware? And how did you deal with the dyslexia as you were trying to uh, overcome that and learn to read uh and because you felt it was essential to becoming an actor. In fact, you knew it was. Practice, practice, practice. I, you know, I had to read. I, I came to understand that running was very important for me. I would get so frustrated. Mm-hmm. I would just, you know, just run out, out of the kitchen and run a mile. and uh, Get rid of your frustration? Yeah. You know, people uh, people are manipulated by advertising. Advertising, I think, is the cause of mental illness. It tells us what we should eat, what we should look like, um, and then if we don't, um, you know, it tells us to eat at McDonald's and all these places where they're loading our food up with sugar. You know, people are, we are the most overfed, overdrugged, overdrunk, undereducated people in in the world. Is and this it, a situation, do you think, where we just have gotten so far away of thinking of ourselves as a biological organism that we think that we have more in common with our laptop than we do other animals on the planet? Gee, I don't know. That's a... I think... I think simply is that there is a soul sickness going on. Mm-hmm. And there are all these remedies. I mean, a kid can get heroin easier than he can get a six-pack of beer. You know, and, and my depression, now that I, here I am six years later, still working my recovery. Mm-hmm. I've traded um, prescription drugs for yoga. Um, I've, just, I've learned to meditate. I exercise. I eat 
correctly. I talk to my friends. I'm in a 12-step program. I now understand that a big part of that depression was my opiate addiction. But because I was uneducated, uh-huh. I had no idea that the opiates was suffocating my feelings. They were and contributing, because, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, all these contributing factors that I didn't understand. Right, but but at the end of the day, it's the not understanding that we are a biological unit that is reacting to the foods, is reacting to the opiates, is reacting to, uh, you know, sitting at a desk all day and not um, when we're designed to move, when our bodies yeah. are designed to move. Um, oh, that sugar is more powerful than, than heroin. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, the the idea, we've got to make it cool to be clean. We've got to make it so that kids understand that that it's it's okay to have emotional intimacy. You know, we've got to train from the bottom up, um, and we've got to stop bombarding these kids with information on a on a 20 minute loop. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Um in one of your blogs, uh you make the point that if it weren't for the support and the love Abraham Lincoln had to see him through his depression that we may have lost one of our greatest leaders to to depression. Uh and you went on to say how much the deaths of Amy Winehouse and Whitney Houston uh, deeply affected you. Do you believe their deaths could have been prevented? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Amy gave us her song Rehab and uh for for the movie it was our cover song. And uh you know, and that song is like, they want me to go to rehab. Uh, but it's not about that. It, it's, it's the emotions that, you know, it's the thinking. It's the, the events that occur in one's life. They say that mental distress is three-pronged. It's environmental. Mm-hmm. So under what circumstances, what happened to, to you, that person, that caused you emotional scars? And then the other is... Um, genetics. And then the third is, you know, uh, uh, the, uh, the kind of, you know, kind of base in some kind of spiritual belief mm-hmm. because you're just less alone. And having another person to talk about your moods, like you remember in the old days, I don't know, my, you know, I'd come in and my sister would whisper, mommy's in a bad mood. <laughs> and we knew we were in for it. And moods change, mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 they're to be regulated. And I learned a whole series of practices in in my recovery to, to help you to- regulate those moods. I, I think that's you said it. They're to be regulated, and there are many, many ways you can do that, from yoga to meditation. Uh, and you don't have to turn immediately to pharmaceuticals. And I, I think that's an important point to make. We have to take another break. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with Joe Pantoliano. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Are you looking for ideas to create a more balanced meal plan? As one of the world's largest providers of fresh fruits and vegetables, Dole makes it easy to eat the right foods. From a wide variety of salad blends and all-natural salad kits to fresh-cut vegetables and a rainbow of your favorite fresh fruit, Dole delivers good nutrition naturally. But Dole goes beyond just offering healthy fruits and vegetables. Dole has their own nutrition institute that gives you the knowledge and tools you need to make smart choices about your nutrition and health. Visit www.dole.com for more information about the Dole Nutrition Institute. Be sure to sign up for their e-newsletter to receive delicious recipes, tips, and articles to help you make your meals the best they can be. Visit www.dole.com for more. 
Folks, Mike Lawson here at Santa Cruz Electronics, where doing it yourself is going to a whole new level. Just witnessed cutting-edge technology CNC milling machine. John Bowers, what does this machine do? It whittles away material from whatever it is you're working with and uh, removes everything until you get to the shape of the part that you want. Just saw John mill out his own wrench from a chunk of material. He put a computer program in, turned the machine on. The machine said, yes, John, here's your wrench. This is a game changer technology. It certainly is. It actually allows oh, you and I and other folks to uh, be able to do small-scale manufacturing uh, right out of their garage. Come down here to Santa Cruz Electronics on Soquel Avenue and get a demonstration, learn how to do it. It's uh, great fun and can be rewarding, too. Come and look at it right here at Santa Cruz Electronics, 2808 Soquel Avenue. It's a CNC milling machine. Dream up a widget in the morning and have it done in the afternoon and put it on eBay at night. Just like that, right, John? You bet. Hi, everyone. This is Kay Swirling. MZ and I are quite proud of the station you're listening to. Quite frequently, I meet people who express their appreciation for KSCO, one of the few remaining independent, locally owned radio voices left in our country. Of course, this is gratifying, but it's very important that you understand and keep in mind that KSCO is made possible by three things. Advertising sales, book, hat, bag, and other KSEO gear sales, and in particular, longevity health product sales. You see, every time somebody in our audience purchases longevity products such as Beyond Tangy Tangerine or the Healthy Start Pack, that person is directly supporting our operation and making it possible for us to continue to serve our community. We feel good about recommending these products because they are of the highest quality and they do work. I know because I take these products every day and I can enthusiastically vouch for their goodness and effectiveness. I first heard Dr. Wallach's message about taking charge of your health through nutrition nearly 20 years ago. I strongly believe in nutritional supplementation over toxic prescription drugs and invite you to help yourself and help KSCO and KOMY by trying and using these products as I do. Visit kscoteam.com or kscohealth.com or call one of your local longevity distributors. For KSCO, this is Case Whirling. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is actor and author Joe Pantoliano. And before the break, we were talking about the importance of considering a number of emotion-regulating remedies, such as vigorous exercise, meditation, changes in diet, and connecting at a deeper level of intimacy with those we love. Now, clinical depression affects almost 20 million people in the United States, and is and the fastest-growing demographic seems to be amongst young children. So ruling out genetic and biological causes, what do you think is going on to cause such a pandemic of depression? Because there's a, a pandemic of sickness in our country, period. While we, were, while we were on break, I just heard on the news that Justin Bieber was arrested in Miami under the influence of marijuana, alcohol, and prescription drugs. Um, these, this, is, this is the norm. This is the norm. What's so, fueling it? I think the, our country, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, in 2008, when all the banks failed and said, we get a do-over, and nobody, no, nobody had to pay a price. The, the enormous uh, arc and, and wealth and how the middle class is being eroded. Um, suicide. The microcosm of suicide in, in our armed forces, where there have been something like 4,800 deaths during the 13-year war, but there have been closer to 70,000 suicides. 
So do you believe that the pandemic is a adaptive response to what's going on in the world? Do you believe that depression is a natural response to this kind of chaotic living? Yeah, when you when you're devoid of hope. You know, when you're devoid of hope, you just say effort. Mhm. And you give up. You become paralyzed and you give up. Look what these kids, look what our kids since 9-11, you know, look at a, an eight-year-old kid. 9-11 happens and then the storms and, you know, our government's not there for us. You know, we always, we, we, were, we were handed a bill of goods. Uh, in, my, in my new book, I, I write a letter to Frank Capra because the America that I pledged allegiance to was that of the Hollywood system in the 40s and 50s. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, you know, um, the the kind of movies that Capra would make where, in the end, everybody did the right thing. That's right. The hero prevailed. Yeah. There is, you know, our hero has been captured, and he's he's tied to a chair in the cellar. And... uh, and we're all lethargic. We're, you know, we don't have enough civil unrest. People aren't pissed off anymore yet. And we need to. We need to take our minds back, our country back. And, uh, and, and, and the cure is in us individually. I have a friend of mine who has posed this theory that we're suffering from social Stockholm syndrome, that we've identified with our captors too much and we're not trying to get away from them. You remember the Patty Hearst situation where that was argued in court and, uh, and ultimately prevailed, that at a certain point psychologically you can identify with your captors and you have no impetus to, and no energy to leave them. That's correct. I believe that. You believe that we may be suffering from social Stockholm syndrome, and uh, that's why we don't get outraged. Yeah, uh, and and I think uh, I think that our government likes it that way. You know, it's an inside it's an inside deal. That's what they say in twelve step programs. You know, it's an inside deal, and and I think that. What does what, that mean? What does an inside deal mean? Well. It's inside you. The problem is inside me. Ah. It's an inside job. Uh-huh. And, uh, and when, you know, there is a great documentary that Matt Damon's company made called Inside Job, showing how the left and right work very hard to keep that division so that we can argue with each other. But they're all in it together. Right. They give the illusion of choice, which is why I have to tell you, people listening get very angry when I say this, but I did not vote in the last election because I do not believe it's my patriotic duty to vote for someone that I don't support uh, just so that I can say I I vote. And I don't believe we have a real choice right now. Uh, And that is very troubling to me. Yeah. Yeah. See the Square, the new Netflix uh, documentary about what was happening in Egypt? Yes. That's beautiful. That's inspiring, what those people want. You know, they, they lead us to think that we're different than, than the, than the uh, people in Egypt or Afghanistan, that they're different than us. They want different things than we want. That's not true. You know, they are, they are sucking empathy out of our souls. Mm-hmm. They're making they're 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 misleading us to think that we're the great ones, we're the great country, we're the most magnanimous, and you know we're part of a human race. This is a global thing, and it's happening globally. Listen, they I was taken invited by Amnesty International last year, and went to Dublin with my movie. No kidding me too, because it's it's happening there. It's happening everywhere. Yes, but doesn't and, the United States have an opportunity to lead? in a better direction. Isn't that our real gift? How can they? You know, the insurance lobbyists are all over them. So that would, you know, what happened down the block for me over in Newtown, 
that all they you know they they got they got the game so that all they're talking about are guns and nobody was talking about that kid who was as much a victim as the people that he shot but you were mentioning frank uh, frank capra's movies and in in capra's movies there was always a hero that stepped in and showed us the right way uh, the right course who who is that He's in the cellar. <laughs> well, how do we get him out of the cellar? How, how do we get voices that can inspire us again and go back to the Capra days? We, we do it by talking to each other and sharing our, our problems um, with one another and being open and honest. And, and, and through that series, we see pieces of ourselves in those we're talking to um, the the answer is is that we've got to put on a pair of sneakers and stop going to McDonald's and realize the, that drug sugar and what it's doing to us and that there is no silver bullet it takes a whole myriad of things to get better and it takes and you, and you need time to get better and um, and you need to love your family and um, in other and words, act- go back to those things that make us human. Yeah, act like you're in a Frank Capra movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I, I really do. I like the idea of it. No matter how you feel, act like you're in that film. Now, people <laughs> often joke about how crazy people in the entertainment field are. So I have a question for you. Who's the craziest person you've worked with? And, and did you feel compelled to reach out to them and, and offer them some help? You know, in Hollywood, it's okay to be crazy, but you can't admit it. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, I think that's, there's a wonderful line in uh, uh, My Man Gothry, uh, and, uh, and it's, a guy says, boy, this is really crazy what's going on around here. And the other guy says, well, all you need, for a good asylum is an empty room and the right kind of people. <laughs> and, uh, and I think Hollywood is where we all wind up uh, uh, for all the, all the reasons we think that are going to heal us. Somehow I believe that if I could become, you know, a, a, an actor and, and move people, make them laugh, make them cry, make them think, that I would be able to get rid of this emptiness that lived inside of me. Now we have to unfortunately take our last schedule break but we'll be right back with Joe Pantoliano. You're listening to the Costa Report. 50 years ago Dr. Martin Luther King delivered his famous I Have a Dream speech. But something you may not know is that Dr. King was represented by the world's foremost speaking agency, the American Program Bureau. The American Program Bureau has a courageous history of representing luminaries, entertainers, and motivators from all backgrounds. From Ronald Reagan, Richard Branson, and Mikhail Gorbachev, to John Stewart, Michael Douglas, and Desmond Tutu. From A-list celebrities to best-selling authors, cutting-edge business leaders, and the greatest minds in academia, the American Program Bureau has speakers to fit every venue and every budget. When corporations, conferences, schools, and community organizations need an expert speaker, they turn to the American Program Bureau to help them craft an event that will be remembered long afterwards. To inquire about a speaker for your next engagement, contact the American Program Bureau at 800-225-4575 or visit our website at apbspeakers.com. The American Program Bureau, making history one speech at a time. Hi, Scott. You know, I was recently traveling and I wanted to buy a thank you gift for my host. And since Caraccioli Wines makes such a nice gift, I found myself wishing there was a way I could get my hands on some. You know, the best way to get your hands on some is visit us in the tasting room in downtown Carmel or check out the website. And for an occasion, it's always great to give a magnum. It really, it's it's an extra little I'm thanking of you gift because you can't get it anywhere. And really, those are the two locations that sell the large format bottle. Now, can I get a magnum off of the website? Yes, you can. And we'll actually ship it right to your doorstep. Wow. And how long does that take? You know, we'll have it to you even on the other side of the country on the East Coast in five days. Five days, really. So what can I get a magnum of? 
uh, we have a Magnum in our Brute Cuvée, our Brute Rosé, as well as our Pinot Noir. And the website again? That's www.caracciolicellars.com. That's C-A-R-A-C-C-I-O-L-I-C-E-L-L-A-R-S.com. It's time for Family Fun. CYT Santa Cruz presents Seussical Junior, starring 40 students in this delightful, colorful musical based on Dr. Seuss's finest works. Come enjoy The Cat in the Hat, Thing 1 and 2, Horton and the Who's, and more in this heartwarming musical. Seussical Junior, performing at the Loudon Nelson Community Center. Shows open Friday, November 15th at 7 o'clock and runs weekends through Sunday, November 24th. Please purchase your tickets at www.cytsantacruz.org. Here's an important message from MZ. As you know, we at KSCO KOMY have the most intelligent audience in all of radio. By design, because we do not allow stupid people to listen to either station. It is our goal to not only have the most intelligent audience in radio, but the healthiest audience as well. That is why we strongly promote 90 for Life Longevity Health products, the Healthy Body Start Pack, and Beyond Tangy Tangerine, in particular. These products are available during business hours at KSCO Studios at 2300 Portola Drive, Santa Cruz, frequently in conjunction with valuable promotions such as Kay's Book, KSCO Hats, Tote Bags, and Bumper Stickers. Now, because we want to make it easier than ever for members of our audience to become and stay healthy, we are looking for 12 retail businesses within our KSCO coverage area to partner with us in our Optimal Health Quest promotion. If you own a business or know someone who owns a business and would like to participate in KSEO's Get Everyone Healthy program and thereby receive advertising incentives and start to build a powerful revenue stream, send an email to me, mz at kseo.com, with the words health promotion in the subject line. Tell me about your business and I will personally get back to you ASAP. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Joe Pantoliano. And I apologize for having to go to the break, but we have a hard uh, clock here, and so we have to take these stops. I I wanted to give you an opportunity to finish your thought about the fact that many actors become actors because they feel it's a way to fill a void, and uh, it's a bit of a spiritual quest. Yeah, and and it seems that those who were most gifted uh, I talk about this in in my book Asylum uh, it's called My Hollywood Tales Through the Great Depression uh, the the ones of those are that that had a light inside of them that we could actually see our feel ourselves through them that they they touched our souls James Dean Montgomery Clift, Marilyn Monroe, and even the greats like Spencer Tracy and Marlon Brando, who lived longer but just had terrible history and tragedies within their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, through acting, people are able to sublimate their own pain and put them into the characters. Same thing with writing. We write what what affects us, and through those characters, we can laugh at them or or reflect through them. And I think that's what the art form is. Um, well, it's interesting so that in the in the movie Memento, you play a character who takes advantage of a protagonist's mental illness. Which, for folks who haven't seen the movie. Uh, the the main protagonist has a problem with his long-term memory and he's yeah, trying he to does. reconstruct a crime and he can't remember anything for more than a few minutes. So did your own experience with mental illness play into that role? You know, I didn't, uh, I hadn't been diagnosed yet. You hadn't and, been. Uh, so, and but no alarms went off in your head. Well, I look at all the characters that I've played and how I, I've always worked with psychiatrists from from uh, when I did Billy Bibbit and uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or I played Angelo Maggio and From Here to Eternity 
and who who feigns madness and then abs- then goes mad. So you had all these roles that that touched on mental illness, but it wasn't relating back to you in any way. It only happened when I was doing the movie Canvas mm-hmm. uh, with Marcia Gay Harden that I started seeing myself in her character and my mom. You know, uh, it, it, and it was like a a bright light uh, where I realized that my mom was sick, not willful. I was always very mad at her because I felt that she just didn't want to get better. That she, and I, and I had low tolerance for friends of mine who had alcoholism, uh, drug addictions, like, you know, why can't they get better? And through my own, journey, I came to understand the co-occurring nature of addiction and mental disease. So, um, And so you were judgmental yourself about these diseases until you became educated, and then that opened the door for you to have greater compassion. Yeah, but I was judging me. That's what the stigma is. You know, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? You know, why do I feel this way? Why can't I feel better? Mm-hmm. Shame on you, Joey. You got everything you ever wanted. You got more than you expected. You know, uh, I'd been so lucky in in the career of my dreams. I followed my bliss. I got what I wanted. I was cursing Joseph Campbell and myself. Yes. And so here you are. Your life is even bigger and better than you thought it was, and you weren't happy. Yeah, that sadness was still there, and it wouldn't go away. Now, we have thousands of men and women in our military listening today over the Internet, and I know you spent some time in Iraq where you screened your documentary on mental illness. What did you tell our soldiers there, and what did you take away from your experience? Um, That they didn't quite trust the military's Exertion that, you know, if you have a problem, bring it to us, that that it still might affect their uh, promotion. But, you know, what I what I say is to that they should talk to their battle buddies and talk about their anxieties. What I found out most was most of the trouble that these kids were having was as a result of what was happening at home, as a result of their being in country. So that the kids that were harming themselves were the Anglo-American male between the ages of 18 and 21, first tour of duty, first deployment within the first six months of deployment. Mm -hmm. And I talked to a lot of JAG officers who were their 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 case uh, docs were mostly relating to putting liens on homes because of the way partners, wives, husbands might be acting out as a result of their spouse being in country. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you, you, you're, you bought a house and you're, you're there, you're in Afghanistan for three months and now uh, the house payments aren't being made because somebody bought a car. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, what you were hearing from them is that they really didn't trust the military instructing them that it was okay to come forward if you were having trouble. They didn't believe that. Back then, the first thing they did was take your sidearm away. So you walk in the building with a gun and you walk out without. So what? Do you, so why is that soldier not, oh, he must be having emotional problems. Mm-hmm. And and so now you're not only unarmed in a foreign territory, but you're also dealing with the stigma within the military, within your, your troop, that you've been disarmed because you're mentally unstable. Yeah, so they should be, you know, what they do very well there is feed you very well. Mm-hmm. You can eat all the time, and they've got gyms. Um, but But they should really... Create 12-step programs so that GIs can go into a room where it doesn't matter what's on your collar, what, you know, what your rank is, and you can talk to each other about what's troubling you. And then through 
that's where the empathy comes in. Yes. People who are hurt talking to people who are hurt. Yes. And finding relief in knowing that they're going through the same thing. Well, that's a good place to end today's program, which is talking to each other and having empathy for one another is a a great step toward the cure. Before we say goodbye, I do want to thank you for speaking out on this important issue. Thank you, Mr. Pantoliano. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it. If your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about today's program, you can email me at RebeccaCosta.com or send me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and let me know what you thought about our conversation today with Mr. Pantoliano. And if you missed the full interview or interviews with any of our other guests, remember you can download previous episodes of the Costa Report from our website, Apple iTunes, Podbean, and our new YouTube channel. And I also want to remind you that, uh, you know, take a moment to go to our website and get your copy of the Watchman's Rattle. There are very few first edition hardcovers left. In fact, they're already printing the second edition and the paperback is in its eighth printing. Uh, This is the only book that spells out the three signs which preceded the collapse of the Roman and Mayan and every other empire and which you want to be aware of today. Um, And 100% of the proceeds from the book sales go to expanding the Costa Report throughout the United States. So if you're sick and tired of divisive, ranting and raving radio hosts on the air, please do more than complain about it. You know, join us and buy a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. That's at RebeccaCosta.com. My guest next week is the founder of the world's largest private military, Blackwater USA, Mr. Eric Prince. He'll be here to explain why organizations like Blackwater remain essential to U.S. security here and abroad. There's been a lot of controversy surrounding Blackwater, and Prince will be here to separate facts from fiction. Just how far should our country allow a private military organization to go? Find out next week when the always controversial Eric Prince joins us right here on the Costa Report, the only news program which puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio when we answer your questions and get our legal and technology fix for the week. I'm Rebecca Costa, and you're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.